Thinkers, and welcome back to another episode of the Free Thought Project podcast. My name is Jason Bassler, and joining me today is the Free Thought Project editor in chief, Matt Agarist. Our guest this week is someone we've been trying to get on the show for nearly a year and a half, but his insanely busy schedule made it difficult to connect. Our guest is MeWe founder Mark Weinstein. MeWe is a privacy oriented social media platform that Mark launched in 2016 with a freemium model as a competitor to Facebook, and it quickly grew to nearly 20 million users by 2021. Mark has been called one of the leading social media and privacy experts in the country and is listed as one of the top eight minds in online privacy. He is a very active writer and has published several books, and he's also a speaker that has done a TED talk entitled The Rise of Surveillance Capitalism. In April 2021, he stepped down as MeWe CEO to focus on writing a new book. So welcome to the Free Thought Project podcast, Mark. We very much appreciate you making the time to join us today, as I'm pretty certain that you're an incredibly busy man. For our listeners who are unfamiliar with Mark, Mark is the founder of the privacy-oriented social media platform, MeWe. Among other things, you're also a pro- prolific writer who has written for HuffPost, USA Today, uh, Info Security, and Dark Reading. You also have a degree in philosophy from the university in my hometown of Santa Cruz, UCSC. And uh, you're no stranger to the concept of social media as the founder of superfriends.com, which you created in 1998, and was one of the first social media platforms to ever launch. So now I know MeWe was started in 2012 and launched officially in 2016, but what motivated you to create a social media platform to compete with big tech behemoths like Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter? Yeah, and we went, we'll, we'll stay in the modern era. You know, I was, like you mentioned, in Web1, um, and uh, you know, at the very beginning as one of the early founders of social media, um, and that was great. That was a great run. Superfriends.com, superfamily.com. We called them .coms you know, back then, right? <laughs> um, they were PC Magazine, top 100 sites three years in a row. Um, you know, and then um, fast forward to uh, uh, Web2 and the, you know, we we'll call it the Zuckerberg era. You know, here's what motivates me. Uh, at the beginning, I was motivated in Web1, as you, you aptly pointed out, uh, as an early founder of social media, you know, we want, we're PC Magazine top 100 three years in a row with superfriends.com, superfamily.com. Uh, fast forward to the Zuckerberg era, and Mark Zuckerberg made a statement in 2010. Now, granted, this is 12 years ago now, guys, when he declared that privacy was a social norm of the past in a video interview. Um, and I happened to be watching the interview, and my jaw dropped. I was aghast. It's like, are you effing kidding me? You, because of your wallet, have decided for the world that privacy is dead. Uh, you know, you're off your rocker, Mr. Zuckerberg. Um, 
And so uh, I, in that moment, I decided that I was going to come back to social media because social media was invented by you know a handful of great founders besides me. I, you know, there was a whole group of us in the 90s doing this in the late 90s. This was for communication, for staying in touch. It was like, you know, email was already ghastly in by the late 90s. It's amazing that here we are 24 years later still using email. Um, but, you know, it was already, you know, very flat as it is, already flawed as it massively is. And with this great, you know, thing called the web and the Internet, we we're like, oh, man, let's use all this tech, stay in touch with each other around the world stay in touch with our friends and families in ways we couldn't have even imagined before, you know, to reach out to new friends, common interests, to just really interconnect with, you know, incredible communication tech, privacy, authenticity. Um, you know, this idea of surveillance capitalism wasn't born in Web 1. Web 2 gives the birth to surveillance capitalism, which is what Zuckerberg, why Zuckerberg declared privacy is dead. Because, you know, now we're going to spy on everything you say and do and buy and, you know, what your beliefs are, what your religious beliefs, political beliefs, you know, sexual beliefs, you know, health issues, what your financial issues, all that, who your friends are. We're spying everything. So um, anyway, so that's what gave birth to that. I got to get back here. I've got to fix this. And on Fox uh uh, news in 2012, the day before Facebook went public, they interviewed me, uh, which was great, you know, and and uh, I said, guys, Facebook's got this privacy thing wrong. It's going to come back. It's creepy when I say I need to go get some dog food to a friend of mine on an email or a text or whatever, and all of a sudden, I'm getting a dog food ad, you know, all because of Facebook. It's anyway. As we all know, it has gotten completely out of control, uh, and this was why I started MeWe. Um, and uh, you know, just a, a side note: last summer, last August, uh, the FTC, when they refiled their antitrust case against Facebook in the courts, what they said was, that, and this is a there's a clear distinction: these are personal social networks. We're talking about Facebook, Snap, and MeWe. And the FTC said, those are the only three remaining. Only Snap and MeWe are remaining competing with Facebook. That adds up to the three of us in personal social networking. Every other company has, who's ever tried to compete with Facebook is gone. They were acquired by Facebook or they were destroyed by Facebook. And it's it's important to point out, like, the that's the, the what sets MeWe and, uh, and Facebook apart is, like you said, there's the death of privacy and in Facebook, you're not the customer on when you're on MeWe, you are the customer, you have customer service. People are, are choosing to voluntarily give you money for different perks on the platform or, or MeWe money on for different perks on the platform. And it's the exact opposite on Facebook where you're the product. The Facebook is buying and selling your information to different people and, uh, or different companies. Like you said, if you know, you talk about having dog food on the way home and you, and you get a dog food advertisement right to you. Now, that remember, Matt, at the beginning, people thought that was kind of sexy. It was cool. It's like, wow, you know, great. They know what I want. That's really helpful. Um, and it took a while for all of us to realize, oh, my God, this is so creepy. They know everything. They know what I'm thinking. You remember, Facebook now, and if, if uh, you know, our listeners have a chance to, if they haven't seen uh, the social network, um, you know, because Facebook knows what we're thinking before we know what we're thinking. 
the social network or, or the social dilemma which i'm sorry it? the social dilemma right yeah yeah. Sure. yeah 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 the social network is the book um anyway the social dilemma um because because of all their information you know there was a reporter i think from the guardian and this is a few years back he uh, pinged facebook said i want to know what data you have on me well it was thousands and thousands of pages on a regular guy there was they didn't have the data because he was a reporter just because he's a regular user on facebook thousands of pages of data on on each of us it's unbelievable we know that privacy is obviously an issue but we've seen since like the 2016 election a more uh, prominent approach to actually injecting narratives into the the equation as well and facebook and big tech has been a big player in that so being that is the case and seeing that we're kind of looking at these big tech oligarchy companies as being kind of the mainstream in a sense was there ever any concern at MeWe about kind of getting caught in the crosshairs of the establishment as far as being like a alt media platform that caters to echo chambers or is a quote like breeding ground for extremism? Oh, I love that question because uh, as, as everybody knows, I am not on the right or the left. I'm a registered libertarian. I believe in the right to privacy. I believe in civil discourse, which is, you know, civilized free speech. Um, I believe in even-handed, fair moderation. Um, I believe that sites that where anything goes are really disgusting. Um, I believe that they create echo chambers. Um, echo chambers don't work because, you know, you're just listening to yourself. Only somebody else is saying it. Those don't work. That's why they're never popular. They never gain, you know, what I would call mainstream traction, mainstream adoption. But, you know, it, the key... Is and, and also, so I was also never so um, I was never concerned about us becoming either an alt right or a radical left uh, site because we, we really don't serve uh, that those demographics because of the that echo chamber effect that they desire. Um, but the key to be uh, even handed and to support you know the right to privacy and the right to civil discourse to free you know free speech that's civil um, is not to allow amplification amplification or boosting of anything by anybody not to take any money from advertisers or marketers zero um, so that your newsfeed is absolutely 100 percent timeline order who you choose to be connected to you know your friends your contacts your family the groups you you're part of the pages you follow and that's it. And then you can parse. You want to just see your pages. You want to just see your groups. Everything, timeline order. Nothing is stuck in there uh, by MeWe or or any paid provocateur. Whether it's just you know, there's no there are no ads and no marketers. That solves the problem. So if nothing gets amplified, then what you see is what you choose to see. So your critical thinking is intact. Your free will is intact. Your privacy is intact. And your ability to, you know, have free speech and civil discourse is intact. And our rules are very straightforward. Because we do have the strict terms, you know, and it's and very simple. Don't incite violence. Don't post hate. Don't dox. Don't bully. Don't post porn. And then have at it, guys, because the backbone of democracy is disagreement. And But there's also a little caveat, guys. MeWe is a lifestyle platform. You know, that's what personal social networking is. So people, 99% of the conversations on me, we are, you know, music and food and health and, and sports and, you know, movies and, you know, 
anything and everything that interests people. You know, it's lifestyle. People have a great time. Why do I love social media? Because it's fun. It's enriching. It broadens us. That healthy social media. I'm really into this aspect of, you know, healthy. MeWe, you know, is not going to, it's not intended, not designed to harm, you know, mental health. Um, you're supposed to be 16 to register. I don't believe in social media for young kids. I've written about this. Um, so, you know, MeWe is what, you know, what I, I called, you know, and, and as you know, I've left MeWe and I'm writing a book on social media and democracy. Um, so, but MeWe is social media done right. Yeah, it's awesome, man. When Jason and I, as you know, we we have a large presence on MeWe and um, we use it quite often. And uh, as you said, you know, you have you guys have your policies where there it's not permitted to, you know, like criminal acts or inciting violence or anything like that. But uh, the lack of narrative control and censorship is is awesome, man. You do have like they have crazy people out on MeWe talking about flat earth and, you know, all this crazy shit like that. But you get to engage with them peacefully and have discourse. And um, and it actually, you know, you can maybe change somebody's mind and make them not think that the earth is flat or other, you know, crazy, wild conspiracy theories instead of shutting them down and then disallowing any conversation on it. You know, the discourse is how we come to better understanding and not believing in crazy, wild conspiracies theories. But when you actually silence them, you know, that's when you they actually thrive and you have people believing all kinds of random shit. But so I know that you guys have that strict policy um, where, you know, you disallow all these, you know, calls for violence. How exactly does, um, I don't if you can even get into that, how how does it work? How does me we handle when people or someone, ha, uh, you know, violates the law or post child porn or uh, threat of violence or anything like that? How does how does the platform respond to that? So uh, of course, uh, you know, as I've I've left MeWe, though I, I remain. Right, I didn't want to get too technical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want everybody to know that I've left so that I I can work on on this very important book project, um, and move forward. Um, but the way that uh, you know i had the um, moderation system built when i was there it was very straightforward um you know we will cooperate with law enforcement we did and and certainly the company still does this is in the terms this is publicly available um if uh we are receive an appropriately issued warrant or subpoena from the united states courts it has to be a united states court we won't we won't uh uh, consider something from an overseas court. So, um, but that's very clear. Those are, those are, you know, very carefully issued by law enforcement. Um, you know, and so, uh, we do respond if law enforcement, uh, provides us with the appropriate request. Um, we also, you know, remember MeWe is really a self-moderated platform. Every post, every group, every page, every profile, uh, was built with, a, you know, a uh, block button. So you can block and report any post, any member, uh, any group, any page, if you think they're doing something that violates the spirit and the actual, you know, specific terms and conditions of MeWe. So now the beautiful thing about moderation on MeWe is because we don't have advertisers uh, or marketers perpetrating and disrupting the whole system, actually moderation is very simple and straightforward. Um, compared to, we don't need thousands uh, of moderators on MeWe, tens of thousands, um, because we, you know, MeWe didn't have to 
and still doesn't. There's no ads on the platform. So, so there's no requirement of analyzing every ad and every boosted post. Um, and that's another thing is that, you know, as you guys know, mainstream social media like Facebook, they create their own content and boost their own stuff uh, into people's news feeds. Uh, and that, you know, there, there can always be a bias if a, a company or an entity is now choosing what to boost besides what other people are paying to boost. Um, and so, you know, again, it's the structural design that's really important um, for, you know, a, a really neutral, enjoyable, uh, authentic, natural social media experience. And that's what I designed MeWe to be. Now, you, you had mentioned that um, you're not a big fan of echo chambers. You're, you're certainly um, on board with, you know, the, the TOS, the terms of service, the community standards and stuff like that, which, you know, is obviously apparent the way MeWe's ran. Um, but there obviously are like some platforms that exist. Uh, some have even been taken down, like Parler, for instance. And obviously it's back up now, but it had a, a moment where uh, it was down. Amazon took it down. So obviously like you're not big on echo chambers you believe in kind of the the community standards and whatnot but do you find that to be more dangerous by kind of taking down these 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 echo chambers in a way with taking down parlor and uh doesn't that just drive some of their users even more underground and harder for law enforcement to to keep an eye on you know it's a really interesting angle and matt you referenced this uh, uh earlier too that when you censor something you actually feed its amplification because right. then there, there's some kind of elixir to it. You know, now people want to know and now they think, you know, especially people who don't trust uh, government or, you know, um, uh, the establishment, let's call it the establishment. Now, um, I, I designed MeWe to work with the mainstream um, because, you know, privacy is not a, a, a siloed issue. Um, the right to privacy, the right to civil discourse. Those are mainstream issues for all of us. They're in our constitution. Well, they're constitutionally referenced. Um, so this is really, really important. Now, um, so MeWe also uh, is in the Apple Store. It's, it's you know, in the, uh, the Play Store with Google. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, you know, hosted by AWS, I believe it still is. And I don't have any issues with those mainstream vendors uh, because, you know, we're not doing anything that violates their standards and terms. Uh, the question of, you know, should those mainstream vendors serve everybody or not? Well, this is a very interesting free market question. And I take a look because, you know, you can you guys know this about me. I am a, a absolute free market person. You know, I believe in Section 230, protecting the free market. I believe in the antitrust case. You know, you know, I changed my position years ago. I didn't believe Facebook uh, was a monopoly. And, and today I do. And I've written extensively about that. Um, but, you know, if in a free market, you know, as a private company, you choose you choose how you serve your customers. And so I'm not going to sit here and say that those mainstream vendors should or shouldn't. Because, I, you know, I don't want to see strange regulation about what, you know, free market enterprise should and shouldn't do. I think that there's a ripple effect that actually then becomes counter counteractive to whatever that regulation is. 
that's so true that's a that's the perfect uh point too it uh it comes up every time facebook and twitter censor a big story like hunter biden you know you get the the pro censorship crowd coming from the woodwork and saying they can censor anyone they want because they're a, air quotes private company you know but the free thought project we've we've extensively debunked this claim like showing how you know many of their showing many of their direct ties to the government uh including like think tanks like the atlantic council and like the massive revolving door between all the alphabet agencies and facebook and twitter you know and like you just said we why well, we do believe that private companies certainly have the right to control who uses their product and who can be you know on their platforms or whatever the fact that Facebook is this quasi-governmental organization um, kind of negates that whole private company thing. What What do you say when people give that dismissive answer of uh, of Facebook is private, so they can do whatever they want? What do you What do you say to that? Well, you know, there are larger questions about whether Facebook is a media company, um, because it, you know, if over fifty percent of their members, which and you know, more than half the world are members of Facebook. And so when you when you start to do the math, 25% of the world gets their news on Facebook. Um, then you want to start looking at what regulation should Facebook be operating uh, under. Um, and, you know, of course, um, um, the web seems to be pretty washed clean of, of whatever, however Facebook was formed. You know, in the old days, and of course, I'm old enough to say in the old days, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, there were plenty of rumors and there used to be, uh, you know, some documentation about, uh, you know, government arms, government investment arms that early on had invested in Facebook. Um, but all that's been washed out. And I don't know the fact, you know, fake or fact uh, on any of it. Um, but, you know, for me, the question is, uh, you know, if because me, we our users generate all the content and, you know, Again, you connect with whatever you want to connect with. The MeWe doesn't generate any, and no advertiser or marketer can. Therefore, no news organization can can perpetrate your newsfeed. A news organization can have a page on MeWe, and you can follow the page, you know, which is perfect because you're choosing that. So, you know, Matt, I think the question of what is Facebook now? Really, what we we know what Facebook is, and and Matt, you mentioned earlier, um, but let me just just coin it, you know, because Facebook is an advertising and marketing company masquerading as a social network. They're not a social network at all. You know, they're a money machine based, you know, advertising and marketing money machine masquerading as a social network so that they can get your data, so they can manipulate your thoughts, so they can target you and sell you to the highest bidder. It's very simple. Yeah, that's a good point. And now we've seen like, um, it goes a little bit further than just selling your information to to these corporations and whatnot. We've seen just recently a person out of ne Nebraska, I believe it was like a, a 16 year old girl or something. Um, she used Facebook Messenger to coordinate with her parent to get an abortion um, while she was in high school. And Facebook actually turned over those private messages to police who are now prosecuting her because abortion is illegal. And I, I might be have the state wrong, but that's the. That's the gist of what happened. So Facebook turned over her private messages to police because abortion was illegal in that state. That's that that far removes them from any private company claim, in my opinion. You know what whatsoever. And um, yeah, I, I haven't seen doing. that story, but that's. I mean, you know, it's that's the thing. You know, Facebook is treading on you know our feet and our voices in countless ways. 
Um, it, you know, it's it's just you know. It, listen, the whole thing is jaw dropping, um, and and the power that they have, and the power, the political power that Facebook has, because when you have that much money, basically, you maybe you can't buy the government, but you can buy every lobbyist in the world. You know, you can afford, you know, and, and they have, you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands of lobbyists on their payroll. Um, and as we saw, you know, a few years ago when they um, violated their, um, um, the, you know, the agreement, the privacy agreement they made with the uh, FTC back in 2011, the consent decree, it was called the consent decree agreement. Um, and so finally, I think it was 2018, 2019, when they were finally fined. And the fine, there was a formula for the fine. The fine could have been $2 trillion, guys. $2 trillion. Wow. Now, that might have stung a little bit. Hmm. Instead, Facebook, with all their power, negotiated a $5 billion fine, which was a, a slap on a finger, not even on a wrist. And their stock went up more than $5 billion the same day. I believe it. You mentioned how many uh, lobbyists that they've they have, and I also would say they have tons and tons of lawyers as well. In fact, when we had our pages taken down by Facebook, uh, I reached out to a bunch of different lawyers and even met up with one, talked to him several times, and eventually he backed off because he had he had asked around with his colleagues, and basically he found out that Facebook's lawyers were tack dogs, and he didn't want to go up against them. Uh, of course, there's a whole gray area there, too, with the First Amendment and, you know, what private companies are allowed to do. Um, we were desperate at the time. You know, we just lost nearly six million fans. So we were pretty frustrated. We we're trying to do anything that we could. But um, what do you think, Mark, would take for Facebook to go the way of MySpace and be completely gone from society? I know it seems like it's embedded into the fabric of society right now. But like, is there a possible scenario that you could think of that everybody would just eventually abandon it? Because I mean, there's been so many issues. I've had so many scandals. Everybody knows, you know, in the back of their mind that there's privacy issues and Facebook is, you know, not the best company. So I mean, what is it going to take for people to, to really abandon this company? You know, um, I'm also an MBA. Um, and when you study uh, you know, business. I'm an ethical MBA, you know, and, and most MBAs are, and I think that's important. Um, although I'll tell you, I got to tell you a little anecdote. Uh, it, when I was getting my MBA in grad school, uh, I got, there's one class I got a C in, and you guys are ready for this because I got a C. The only C I got was in ethics. So, and, and it, listen, it's, it's really incredible. <laughs> and I, thank you. Thank you. I love this. It's such a badge of honor. Let me tell you why. Because every day I argued with the professor. He, I, he was t teaching us to follow the law, to carefully follow the law. Don't break the law. And every day I argued with him. That wasn't enough. You know, if, if the law says you can pollute the river this much, but why pollute the river? So, you know, it's like, you know, so we had this argument. Every day he gave me a C because I was like, no, ethics means doing the freaking right thing. Yes. Legality uh, does not equal morality at all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, coming to this question of, you know, and, and the reason I brought in the MBA thing, because when you start to look at the history of companies, you know, and you look at like the largest companies of 50 years ago or 100 years ago, you know, like none of them are here anymore. So, um, you know, just by, you know, looking at how history repeats itself, large companies go down because they become myopic. You know, and they, you know, so they, they get the blinders on. They think they're, you know, unstoppable, impenetrable. Um, 
And this is how the free market works, because then the free market, you know, comes in and penetrates the armor because they're so myopic. They don't see how the world is going to change in ways that they didn't anticipate. Now, Facebook has been preemptively uh, attempting to ensure its survival for, you know, the last decade or so by buying companies, buying technology. So that's how and either shutting them down or integrating them. And to a large degree, they buy companies and shut them down. They buy technologies and shut it down so to protect their turf. I do think that ultimately, um, you know, Facebook will lose, you know, their luster, the shine is off, but um, people's attention is still there because it's going to require a mainstream effort. Now, also, you know, me, we could have been that. And I say could have been that, except for Facebook's interference. Um, I have cooperated with the Federal Trade Commission um, in the antitrust, uh, you know, proceedings, um, because you know it's clear that you know if you're a MeWe member and you know we have some, you know, document. There's documentation on this, and you were to share your member link on Facebook and say, "Hey, come and join me uh, on MeWe," just sharing it with all your your friends on Facebook. Facebook might stick a, a, a post you know, right right over it and say, this doesn't meet our community standards and, and you know, your post has been deleted. So if it even shows know, up at all. Right, right, right. It might not, yeah, exactly. Because their algorithm flags that Miwi's mentioned instantly yep. and then boom. Um, so, you know, it's going to require some antitrust action, uh, support for the free market. Uh, Web3, um, you know, which, you know, is just nomenclature because Web3 may not be what, you know, people are saying Web3 is going to be, but there's going to be an ascension, a shift. Remember, Facebook wasn't in Web1. Facebook is Web2. Surveillance capitalism is Web2. The question is, how do, how do we get out of it? And guys, remember, something we haven't talked a lot about yet today, but we've got to preserve democracy. And this is what's happened with social media and companies like Facebook, because they can influence, you know, you can buy all the data, right? Cambridge Analytica, 220 million American adults. Our data is out there for sale and we're all targetable and manipulatable, um, you know, and that's been done. We've got to get away from surveillance capitalism and that's got to be where it goes. And people are savvy now. We all know, you know, even the people who didn't care at first, we all care. Um, and, you know, soon, hopefully, it may take, you know, a handful of years. I think Facebook will be upended. I don't think they're going to disappear anytime soon. They have too much money. Yeah, hopefully... Yeah. Hopefully we could uh, talk about your book and, and democracy on the internet a little bit here. Um, but just really quick, like, so you don't think that the metaverse is going to be the saving grace for Facebook and like, what's your thoughts on that whole, that whole idea? Guys, you know, this, the metaverse is really um, interesting, <laughs> um, you know, cause now you've got, you know, corporations, big corporations, big product and service companies who are buying quote real estate, on the metaverse, right? Making sure that their product, it's product positioning, classic marketing. You got to, you know, all of a sudden there's this, this gold rush. You got to make sure your product is in there. You got to make sure, you know, your stores are in there. You've got to make sure people see 
because you know it's it's we live in capitalism it's all about you know selling us so um but what's that experience going to be for people really you know the metaverse is in its infancy this whole idea of metaverse in in a certain way it's really nothing different than the virtual world we're already living in with the web it's just that somehow what, what i think the metaverse ultimately will become is the web integrated so um you know and i think basically it's gonna be that do i think we're gonna sit around in our homes with you know oculus glasses and, you know and and that's how we're gonna live no of course not um but there'll be some integration uh, of the web so that you know our own personal experiences with our financial institutions and our doctors and our friends you know that may become more integrated than it is today um and will it be facebook's game it doesn't look like it it looks right. like it's already falling flat right now yeah. you know yeah well no, same no, thing no, is no, like no. The, the, listen how many times they have facebook snap google tried to launch glasses that, you know <laughs> with facial recognition and it's like oh wow what a great idea are you kidding me it's such a bad idea <laughs> what about consumer, we show it go ahead jason yeah yeah, what about the ones with Ray-Bans, though, Mark? I mean, they're Ray-Bans, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Sorry, guys. You know, people, luckily, and this is our saving grace, fingers crossed, that people are getting smarter yes. about technology and smarter about what's offensive and what's not, what's appropriate and what's not. So um, because companies are perpetrating all kinds of stuff on us, and we have to, you know, and remember, there's also that sort of like, you know, listen, I'll just call it right now. It isn't even a product because, you know, the, the glasses are one thing. Let's call it the clubhouse effect where, uh, you know, new site comes out, pizzazz, wow, billion dollar valuation. But, you know, I mean, we're so distracted by what's next, what's next, what's next. Um, and if there really isn't, you know, if, it, if there's sizzle, but there really isn't any beef. Um, we're not sticking around. The sizzle is going to cause this sort of PR phenomenon, um, but people are getting smart about it's like, yeah, they go, wow, it's so cool. But then next week, it's like, yeah, okay, been there, did that. I have to remain optimistic that people are getting smart too, especially with the whole democracy and social media thing. We can see that these people already, these these behemoth social media giants are able to swing elections one way or another. They can completely wipe like massive stories from the internet you know we're like like you we're, we're apolitical we're not trump fans or anything like that but the the suppression of the hunter biden laptop story during the election was i mean you'd have to be an idiot not to think that that didn't play a major role in you know getting joe biden elected and there's there's a bunch of cases like that not just domestically here you know we've seen cases where color revolutions have been taken you know taking place in in different countries around the world where their governments can control what facebook shows to their people and um led to and uh like to genocide right like there's there's been there's been examples of of uh of facebook algorithm manipulation by politicians leading to the deaths of thousands of people like that's the situation we got to try to avoid here you know we we saw the the examples during covid where uh, any mention of like uh, the the COVID coming from a, a lab, you know, it was violently suppressed. You were wiped from the internet. You were banned from Facebook forever. And then a year later, we found you know that that's the most plausible theory of when it where of COVID's origination. So 
like getting it where you can get into your book, Mark, like how is, is that what you're going to try to address here? Like the, the role that social media has or, or anything like that, like maybe or like the ominous implications for such a system that could be controlled by pure propaganda and narrative control. Well, guys, there are um, some really important things happening in the world of social media and in the world. Um, and uh, we've got to just watch carefully you know, as I said, you know, the way I designed MeWe, um, the way it was built to run, was without any algorithmic analysis of you. And there, you know, so there was no way for MeWe, no data packet on you, um, you know, even uh, in search or anything else. Um, you know, so it was only what, you know, what you said you were or what you said you wanted. Um, this idea today you know that and and you know matt I, I want to expand it because i don't see it as the social networks as much as the companies that they allow to target and manipulate and pay to manipulate the thoughts and votes and purchase decisions of their users i think that is that's got to end um and that there's a real risk because how can our young people become good critical thinkers if their thoughts are being manipulated basically almost every second of every day. If you look at how much time they're exposed to content, social media content, uh, and then just out in the world. Um, this, you know, we're really at a, at a, um, a, a crossroads in the history of the world. Uh, and, you know, listen, guys, when I, when I set up MeWe, you know, we started with the Scruples Project. It was really it was called the Scruples Beta Project in 2012 to 2016. We announced, you know, the brand MeWe in 2016 when we took it out of beta. Um, but I just thought that Zuckerberg was off his rocker about privacy. I wasn't looking at, you know, what now has become, you know, the, the fight to save democracy and to save critical thinking and to save free will and to save all the things that we cherish in our republic um, that, you know, the founding fathers of our country cherished. I mean, you know, it's like, wow, this is so far above my pay grade, right? So, you know, so far above all of us. It's like, oh my God, but this is the burden. Doesn't matter. You know, it's our job. It's not something we pass on to our kid and say, okay, you go fix this because that doesn't work anyhow. Um, it's like, we got to fix this. We have to fix this now. Um, you know, my book is going to talk about, it, and there's some interesting initiatives. I don't really know where we're going with the future of privacy, with the future of real ID. Um, with the future of fact checking, I'm going to I'm discussing all of these. I'm writing about all of these in a in a layman's you know, language, because my book's not written for the academics. My book's written for us, for the people, so that we can understand with simple clarity, you know, what happened and what's next. How do we do it? How do we how do we get social media really back? by moving it forward to where it was intended from the onset uh, and how do we allow, you know, and, and really build social media so that it, it enhances our mental health. It protects our kids. Um, you know, well, it's, it's not fact check, but it's, you know, I mean, you're, you know, it's civil. Um, and, you know, there's these questions about, you know, blockchain web three blockchain. There's a lot of data that, you know, uh, privacy, like anonymity is going to disappear. So, you know, the, and the anonymity and privacy, this, you know, I'm going to write a lot about these, these two, because 
there are distinctions here that we're really going to have to start to identify, um, you know, because also we don't want a company or, uh, you know, a either a web company or a marketing company or a person to perpetrate things in into millions of people's news feeds and not know who they are. So, you know, there's all this stuff going on. This is this is complicated. And my job is to dumb it down, not dumb it, but really to simplify it in a very intelligent and ex accessible way for all of us and point to the future. Yeah, you made a, a great point there as far as getting social media back to its roots. I feel like it, there's been a, a really strict departure kind of around the 2016, 2017 um, time period, because we started the Free Thought Project in 2013. And from 2013 to 2016, it felt very organic, felt very authentic. It felt like uh, we were actually using social media to enlighten people, to uh, you know plant seeds, to give people new information. And then it changed. There was a shift that happened. And a lot of that, in my opinion, was due to the algorithms. And the algorithms are you know very, very powerful. They're basically implementing what they want us to see. And to give an example about that, I've recently heard, and I don't know for sure if this is valid or not, but I've, I've recently heard that a company like TikTok, you know, we were all concerned about TikTok being a Chinese uh, company or whatever. Well, apparently they have different algorithms for different countries, right? So they boost the algorithms in the US for videos of silly things like people dancing or doing the milk crate challenge or something like that. But in China, for the users there, they actually boost the algorithm so more people see cool stuff like engineering and science and kind of trying to promote more of like an evolved mindset, whereas they're kind of giving us the algorithms to keep us dumbed down and keep us in a low level thinking. So, um, you know, that's that's really interesting to me. I'd imagine that you and your team kept a pretty close eye on other social media platforms. Is there any other social media platforms that you personally like, like, I don't know, like Minds or something like that? And which ones did you kind of see as like direct competition to MeWe's business model? Well, let, let's let's go to TikTok for a second there, um, because you know TikTok. So there's a distinction um, for what MeWe, Snap, and Facebook are, which are personal social media uh, experiences, and that's really this this idea of connecting with your family and friends, staying in touch, sharing things, you know, connecting to common interests, like-minded people, doing things like that. TikTok is social media, you know, like you said, not personal social media. Um, and, you know, my concern with TikTok has always been, and this is well publicized now, uh, their connection, the, the data connection to the Chinese, to the Chinese government, you know, our data connection, because, and listen, you know, I mean, the, the Chinese have a government official on the board of, of the company, so of the parent company. And so... I think this is really the big concern um, that's interesting about, you know, how algorithmically, you know, the question is, are they serving what the market wants or are they leading the market? Right. Um, you know, we're pretty frivolous around uh, social media like TikTok in the United States. Um, the TikTok is probably guided by the Chinese government also in the kind of things that they serve in China versus America. You know, young people in China might rather see the frivolous stuff that we're seeing here, but the Chinese government prefers that they see uh, things that strengthen, you know, their intellectual curiosity, let's say. Um, so I think there's a lot of manipulation and a lot of concern. Um, and I think uh, we we're not, we still haven't addressed it well. Um, 
you know, the Trump administration tried to address it. Um, and um, I think it still needs to be addressed. You know, who is TikTok really run by? Uh, where is our data really going? Um, and insofar as me, when you mentioned mines, um, you know, and these are crypto mines, Steam, uh, Voice. Um, these are, you know, these sort of early social network, crypto social network, you know, blockchain crypto. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of questions. And, and this is this looks like now the milieu of Web3. Um, there's a lot of engineering to do, um, you know, to run, let's say, a Facebook uh, or a MeWe with the feature sets, because this is what makes personal social networking worse. Massive feature sets of, of what you can do and experience, you know, pages and groups and disappearing content and stories and, you know, custom cameras and, you know, the list is endless, um, you know, creating your own memes and GIFs and all that, you know, I mean, there's so much that a personal social network, how it functions, um, where a Twitter and TikTok and these other things um, are really, you know, more like one trip ponies. They're much easier to engineer. So they're much easier than to function on a blockchain based technology. Mm -hmm. But when you've got, you know, these, these massively complex uh, personal social networks, there are a lot of questions about how effectively the blockchain can perform, how effectively our data can be stored in a decentralized way and called up as fast as it needs to be. Um, and then there's a the question of, do we really want to monetize our relationships? Do I really want to upvote my mom and say, God, mom, that's such a great post. I think you should get a little piece of crypto. I don't think so. I think these guys are misguided. Interesting. That's a, that's a good point. Do we want to monetize our relationships? I never thought about it like that. <clears throat> um, back to TikTok for a second. Um, I have a anecdotal story that I gave uh, or that I wanted to give about my son. I let him um, have TikTok for a week last week and he's 13 and he's not allowed on any social media, but I let him do TikTok because he was watching TikToks on YouTube um, for a little while. And um, but so I let him do that. And 13 year old boy, he was bombarded with uh, videos of trans people telling how telling them telling him how gender is fluid and how, you know, it's it's, it's OK to, to be able to change your gender at a young age and everything like this. And I mean, he's never like liked any of these videos or anything like that. He, it was just an onslaught of it, you know, and um, I think it was um, Tristan Harris, the, the the Google guy that was behind Social Dilemma. He has a uh, he was the ethics Google uh, engineer, yeah, ethicist. Uh, ethicist. I'm sorry. Uh, he called TikTok like the greatest threat to United States national security, you know, that we've ever faced. And it's and it'd be we'd be dumb to ignore that that like what's going on like what my son experienced in his little trial that i let him have you know millions of kids are experiencing this and this is not transphobic or anything like that if you want to be trans then that's your that's your right you can go and do that and you shouldn't be impeded by anybody you should have all the same rights as everybody else but a a good way to entirely disrupt the nation you know would be to manipulate their children into this massive state of confusion where they don't even know what their, you know, what sex they are. And, you know, I think that that should be examined from the, you know, from the role of TikTok in that. And you can go and like, there's millions of examples of this online of people actually screen grabbing those videos off of TikTok and posting them, you know, and these people are, they're basically telling children, very young children, and they have a desire to tell very young children 
that they're gender fluid and just, you know, without their parents involved in this, you know. And yeah, Matt, his experiment on TikTok is done. My son's experiment on TikTok is over, but that's what that's what he found. And he was he was blown away by it. You know, he's like, he's showing me these videos. And I'm like, this is crazy. You know, they just because they know he's a 13 year old boy. So all this was pushed towards him. And uh, yeah, yeah that, that that's how you really disrupted democracy right there. You know? right. Well, this raises that question, you know, of, of who who runs TikTok? What's the purpose? And, you know, don't we need to look at this much more closely? And, and who's lobbying the U.S. government, you know, um, so that we're not really addressing this? And also this speaks to my philosophy about how a social network is best run. And that's where the user selects the content they want to see, plain and simple. <clears throat> MeWe has, you know, hundreds of thousands of different kinds of groups and pages but the user selects. Also, um, and I, I don't know if you saw, but I gave you a thumb up when you said, um, uh, you know, he's 13 and you don't let him, you know, because anybody involved in social media, I don't know any executive in social media or person involved in social media who lets their kids participate in it. Yeah. Uh, because we all know, it's sort of like, you know, the surgeons that we know who won't have surgery themselves, they know what happens you know, when you're on the table. I mean, we've seen the statistics, right? We've seen the massive increase in in, in little girl suicides and self harm right. since the since the advent of social media, and it's just it's dangerous. And yeah, yeah they threw temper tantrums. You know, when I told them that they were not going to have any of this. You know, and uh, but like I said, we did this. We wanted my. It was summertime when we were bored, so we wanted to see what TikTok did because we we had just watched that documentary. Um, Matt Walsh, uh, what is a woman? And uh, and like I think at the end, he kind of alludes to that, that, you know, that there's this massive push on social media, not just in universities, but a massive push on social media to kind of um, groom children or indoctrinate them into this mindset. And so we we checked it out and it turned out to be really true. <laughs> and then and he has a lot of friends that go to school with him that are um, that are on social media. And he says to me, you know, he's like half of his class is considers themselves to be trans and that's mind-blowing to me you know like there was i'm not again i'm not transphobic i think that you know but but to see this massive increase i think bill maher even pointed that out recently when we see this massive increase in and in children you know disassociating with their gender we ought to look in to see you know like what's causing this it's not like we're all waking up and having this epiphany you know the gender is fluid there's there's definitely a source to this and i think that one of those main sources happens to be TikTok, and you know and uh yeah. it's definitely dangerous and it and it can certainly harm democracy <clears throat> well listen guys so so what we see is they're big big issues and problems that actually we can't just sit on the sidelines anymore and wait again so and this is why you know i'm working on this book project now um i want to bring it to everybody i want to bring it to people so that they can understand <clears throat> you know, you know, in in a for all of us, you know, it, it's common sense. So in a common sense, you know, written book, people can understand also it's about the future, you know, this real ID and, um, you know, the fact uh, fact checking and, um, you know, what is Web3, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much, you know, mental health in our kids and all that stuff. And also why um, you're aptly mapped. Met supporting exactly what what we agreed to, you know, and it's certainly how I designed MeWe is 16 or over, 
to register. Now we didn't do uh, you know real ID verification because we didn't want to invade privacy or um, you know ha- end up having a database, a massive database of real data on people that hackers would want to get at. Um, but you know once once somebody came on and they put their their birth date in, uh, and let's say they were under 16, then our system recognized that and you know associated that with that email or phone and wouldn't let that person try another registration or try and change their their birth date. So you know we you know the key is to do the best you can um, to to get social media straightened out and we need to move now into, what is called the Web3 milieu, you know, whatever that means. Um, and I'm, I'm going to attempt to demystify that also um, because Web3, I don't think, is all about blockchain and cryptocurrency. I think there's a lot more, um, you know, there's an evolution here. That's how it's been pigeonholed. But, you know, it's there's a lot of things that are going to put this together that so that we can disrupt Facebook and the mainstreams and ascend. Just like history has proven that the largest companies in the world eventually become so myopic that, you know, competition comes in and, and, you know, they go down. Unless they become Skynet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking, but because we're going to, we're going to stop that long before that happens. (laughs) Conversations like this one will. Yeah. you're obviously you've uh, you've you know you've you've parted ways with, with MeWe and you're right and you're working on this book. Where are you going now? What what I know like, is this book supposed to provide like a solution to these problems that we've been discussing for the last hour? Or is that is that Absolutely. what the, the, the goal is? Absolutely. Somebody has to write, you know, write how do we get out of this and where are we going and, and how do we get there? So um, and that's the purpose of the book is to, uh, you know, give us a direction um, that we can all understand. Um, and so, you know, this is really about what's next. So, yeah. So, you know, um, it's, it's writing time right now. So this book won't come out until next year. So what, yeah. what is next? What, uh, can you give us any kind of like a uh, idea of where do you think we should go next? Or, um, I mean, not without, you know, giving away your book or anything, yeah. but you know, just like, what, what do you think is a one big major step that we could do right now to combat this? Well, listen, you know, I mean, we've got to um, take care of this whole surveillance capitalism. So it's, it's really, it's bigger than us, right? We've got to move the web away from this very lucrative. Why is surveillance capitalism so popular? It's, it makes money at it. <laughs> yeah, it makes so much money at it. Um, you know, when you look at uh, Musk's deal with Twitter and, you know, on the, and you start to do the calculation, Facebook and Twitter's calculation on the average daily monetizable user, you know, and what that, what does that really mean and how much money can they make? And you look at why Musk, by the way, his offer was about uh, two times what I think Twitter's really worth. Um, But, um, you know, so where are we going? You know, again, where we're going, we've got to really look at all these things that are emerging, you know, this fact checking, this real ID, does the blockchain, you know, uh, allow us to connect to, you know, our posts, you know, are we, is privacy dead? Where does the anonymity fit in? Um, you know, how do we have great tech? What's the next, you know, I mean, fe- the feature set. Again, there's always going to be these fun sort of pops. TikTok is a fun pop, right? Um, and then it could be sustainable, like Twitter was a fun pop, and it's sustainable. 
this very short, you know, boom, boom, boom. Um, but personal social media uh, has got to lead the way in terms of evolution, lead the way in terms of where we headed with privacy, where we headed with fact-checking, where we headed with anonymity, um, where we headed with, you know, really protecting our kids. Um, this has all got to be part of it. So, um, you know, this is, and you'll see as I put the puzzle together for people, um, so they really get it and in a very crisp, uh, you know, and hopefully somewhat elegant and, and in that simple common sense way. So it's not going to be a big tome. Like, you know, Shoshana Zuboff's book on surveillance capitalism. It's a wonderful book, but it's not readable for the average user. It's readable for the academics. So we have, and, and that just was, you know, how do we get here and what's surveillance capitalism? That's not even related to what we're talking about here, social media and the future of democracy. And I've also got to speak to that, you know, obviously, because we've got to have personal social media that supports and re reinforces civil discourse, but also critical thinking, free will, you know, um, you know that, that civil free speech. So, and it sounds complex, but what I'm going to do is really, and what I, as I'm writing already, just simplify it for everybody so we can see the light clearly. Awesome, man. I look forward to reading it. I can't wait. Yeah. I, I, I can't read really technical books. It just makes me, it just puts me to sleep. Even on audio, you know, on an audio book, it sucks. So yeah, I'm looking forward to your book, man. Uh, <clears throat> I think that's a good place to wrap it up, uh, Mark. What, what, um, is, would you like to plug anything? Is there anything that, uh, any, like if you want to tell people where to find you or anything like that, man? Uh, <clears throat> also, what's the book's name? What's the title? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the working title is really what's, you know, we just call it what's next. Um, so, you know, cause you know, the official title will be revealed once it's published. Sure. Um, and you know, guys, you know, you right now you, you can, you know, I mean, you just reach out and contact me at uh, Mark Wino, uh, W I N O at M A R K W I N O at Gmail. Um, and I know it's a Gmail, it's not, uh, you know, but that's okay. Don't worry about that. Uh, I'm a very public figure. So, um, you know, and that's my role. So, um, but anyway, you know, and, you know, you can, you can find me in a lot of places. Um, I'll be speaking a lot, you know, like doing interviews like this. Um, so just keep your eye out and, um, you know, and let's get to what's next. Because we got to get there. We've got to get there. We've got to get there quickly. You know, like we said, there's other election cycles, not just us. It's the whole world. It's democracies in the world. And, you know, even this example of, you know, TikTok and Matt, your example with your son and the way um, they're changing how we think. You know, it, in my opinion, TikTok should be run just like MeWe is run. You, you get on, great. You tell them what you're interested in, great. They say, well, here are the most popular ones without analyzing you. And then you pick what you want. You know, unfortunately, that's not how TikTok or Facebook roll. Uh, no, I can't even do it. Every time I get on TikTok, it just shows me like scantily clad dressed women. Like, how do these people know anything about me? <laughs> well, that's a that data ecosystem we didn't talk about. Listen, they know everything about you because it's it, they just plug into the, the massive data ecosystem 
which aggregates data about you from everywhere in the world, from every site you've ever been on. Uh, and it's very simple. You, you log on and immediately they know how old you are, what your interests are, you know, where, where you live, everything. It's, it's all right there in that algorithm. Yeah. I even go, I even went through it and just tried to like, like all the videos with science and, um, and like cool videos like that, where there there's nature videos and I followed the discovery channel and, and went and liked all that stuff. And it started showing me that more, but Every now and again, like it's like, let's see if we can get them again. You know, <laughs> they'll show me some girl's butt. You know, I'm like, Jesus, this is crazy. And somebody could be paying for that too. Remember, you know, it's like, all right, they t pick a target age, they pick a target demographic, and then you know, TikTok is making money hand over fist. So there you go. Sure, no problem. We're gonna put it right in your feed. Yep, it's the exact same thing as Facebook does. It's crazy, man. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, here's it. what's next, man. <laughs> but, you know, I, I really, uh, I'm optimistic. Like you said earlier that, you know, people are getting smarter. I, uh, I think COVID had a lot to do with it. People waking up to the, yeah. the controllers of the information and we're becoming more aware that the people that do control the information don't necessarily have our interests in mind. And the more people that become aware of that and can see the, the matrix for what it is, I think that, you know, we'll only land in a better spot after this. Yeah. It's well said. Yeah, well this said. whole this whole new emerging fact checking industry. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things being mounted up against us right now. So hopefully, your book will kind of shed some light and open the door, Mark. How do you fact check an opinion? And opinions exactly. are the backbone of democracy. Which is why Facebook had to say that their fact checkers aren't actually fact checkers; they're just providing their opinion. Yep. That's when John Stossel sued them. Facebook had to admit that in federal court that they're they're not actually fact checkers they're just opinions <laughs> yet they can completely control narratives and shift votes in one direction or another let's let's get to the future and then let's make it good for our kids hell yeah you're a pioneer you're a leading voice for privacy on the internet it was great hearing your insider perspective we've been uh, looking forward to this conversation for a long time so hopefully Together, our work can revive the golden age of internet democracy. And uh, yeah, we look forward to your book. Thank you for all the help you've given us over the years. Can't forget about that part. And right. uh, thank you very much for your time as well. Mark, yeah. thank you for coming on, man. It was a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, guys, my pleasure.